Max comes from behind to finish first. Mercedes to the double again. And Mr. Simpson, I mean, I mean, Mr. Bernardo, uh, going into the second half of the season, do you feel you have everything you need for a successful strategy team? I got everything I was supposed to get. I'm not going to enroll in that clown college, though. That advertisement had no effect on me whatsoever. Welcome to the Late Night Race Review. Welcome back, everyone, to the Hungarian Grand Prix episode of the Late Night Race Review. We have what might turn out to be a fairly season-defining race today to look back on. I'm Dave Jericho, and joining me as always is Owen Scott and Azidro Gonsalves. Big thanks, as always, to the listeners of the cast. Keep those likes, follows, and subscribes coming in, and keep spreading that good word. Uh, right, let's start pulling this race apart. And, of course, we have a rather big, fat red elephant to address, but we'll... Uh, <laughs> We'll, we'll get to that a little later on. Um, Scotty, welcome back. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, how did we? How did you enjoy the Hungarian Grand Prix? Uh, yeah, it was good. I, I did admittedly fall asleep at one stage. Um, and woke well, That's up a good to see... sign. Yeah. <laughs> it was just due to a, a late night last night. But um, yeah, no, I did enjoy it. Um, it, there was, it was a bit of a, a chess game when it came to the, the tires, which was really, really interesting. So um, yeah, I had a good time watching it in fairness. Did turn out to be a race of of tires, didn't it? Tires and strategy. But yeah. uh, Isidro, what did you make of it? It was a good race. Uh, it's it's a bit sad that it finished almost with the virtual safety car at mm. the end. Uh, mm. But overall, I think it was it was a good race. Especially when the virtual safety car came out, we thought that that might extend the race a little bit longer when there was talk of the rain coming in. So yeah. you thought, okay, we might even though it's at the end of the race, we still might get two laps possibly under, you know, with a bit of rain. Um, even the last lap where we saw Verstappen just kind of tiptoeing around, I thought, okay, we might have something here, but unfortunately yeah. not to be, but, uh, well, speaking of Max Verstappen, I suppose let's kick things off with the race winner and driver of the day, Max Verstappen coming from P10 on the grid to take the win. Uh, how are we raiding the drive from Verstappen this weekend, Isidro? It was, it was a very good drive coming out from P10 and finish P1. It was very good to see that. Uh, although at the end, I think he was uh, just counting the laps just to finish because Hamilton was coming up strong. Especially the... with that little bit of rain that was starting to fall. You could tell he was tiptoeing around on those worn mediums and Hamilton on those nice, warm, soft tires was fairly gaining on him yeah. at, at quite a pace. Yeah, he was uh, literally waiting to see the, the second flag. And yeah. that's it. I'm done. Let's pull over before the, the tires disappear. Yeah, exactly. But even the halfway the race when he's he pull up a spin and Leclerc uh, overtake him and then he had to overtake again. I was concerned if the car was damaged with that spin, but uh, all the everything went okay. He finished first. It was a good I, race for him. And I initially thought when I saw that spin, I thought possibly there was a bit of uh, water on the track from the rain because Yuki Sonoda had gone off not too long before that at the chicane. So I thought there might have been some surface water or just the track getting, not surface water, maybe the, the track just getting a little bit damp from the rain. But I saw a post-race interview with Max Verstappen there saying that it just it was just purely driver error. I think he was shifting through the gears or something like that and, and dropped the gear too, too, too low or something like that and spun up the tires. So there was yeah. unfortunately nothing too dramatic there. 
But uh, but it was a fairly calm and mature drive from Verstappen this weekend, especially when it looked like Ferrari had the pace on them kind of from qualifying and the free practice sessions and stuff like that. We ran a poll briefly, obviously, on the on, on the show, socials just after the race and just leading up to the, to the podcast here, just asking, has Max won this title race already? And it was pretty convincing response where we had 90 over 90 percent saying yes that the title race is over max verstappen pretty much has this in in the bag scotty what's your thoughts on this uh can anyone catch him now after the summer break or is he just is he is he too far ahead of everybody at this stage now in the game uh i think there's a there's a multiple of of, of multiples of things here to to take into consideration do we need another Um, podcast or are we Um, if you look at if you look at the performance today, um, how professional he was from start to finish, even with that spin, how he controlled that that into a three sixty to get back into the race again, you take into consideration how good Max is, how bad Ferrari have been, and also how far back Mercedes are coming from. Mm-hmm. I think one hundred percent agree that the the title, the driver's title, I think is sorry to say, pretty much over now at this stage. I think. Yeah, yeah. I I'm sort of I, I was on the fence for a while. I was trying to think of like like you. You're trying to think about how each team is going to behave, kind of as, as as the season goes on. And Ferrari haven't done anything that would give you confidence that they are able to keep some sort of consistency going for the rest of the season. And so, yeah, I I, I would I would be on that side as well. I think he's too far. He's eighty points ahead. Uh, short of a disaster happening for them, which isn't outside of the realms of possibility, but short of a disaster happening, I would see him uh, taking his second driver's title this year. Yeah. But uh, on Red Bull, the weed Sergio Perez, not the worst day for him. Uh, P5, certainly, sh- I think, should have gotten more out of that car. Helmut Marco had a, had a comment made leading up to the race where he was sort of saying Perez was already, or he felt that Perez was already on the summer break, given his performances. Did Perez put in a strong enough performance today for you, Isidro, or has Helmut Marco got a bit of a point on what he was saying? Uh, I think Perez should have done better this weekend. And to be fair, he's not his last performance are not the best. He did better in the beginning. I think now we definitely need a break and see if he can come back and fight for the second position. At the moment, things are not looking good for him. No, and especially, uh, sorry, one with the with Russell coming for him very quickly. So yeah. Paris need to really step up the game and do what he was doing at the beginning of the championship. It's strange, this the inconsistencies, isn't it? That earlier on in the in the season we were talking about Perez being a title contender, and I think not too long ago we were talking about Perez still being within. Uh, sort of within within the, the realm of possibility of him being a title contender. Mm. Now we see performances, we see the comments coming from Helmut Marco, sort of, I suppose, aimed at putting a bit of pressure on him and sort of try and, you know, a bit of tough love. But um, I don't know, Scotty, have you, have you any opinion on it? Do you think he's, uh, do you think maybe actually, and not something I thought about saying, but do you think, because Red Bull are ruthless, and if Helmut Marco has an opinion like that, if, if Sergio Perez continues to put in below par performances or what Helmut Marco deems as below par performances, I'm sure you know where I'm going with this. Yep. Would you see someone like Pierre Gasly or Alex Albon getting another call up 
to Red Bull or is the bridge burnt for those other drivers? Would they look at someone else for 2023? Yeah, I, I think it's probably a bit soon to be, um, to be putting them on the on the chopping block at this stage. Um, I don't see Gasly and Albon getting another shot. If I'm honest, I don't think they have a history of going back and giving drivers a, a second crack at the whip. Do they? I'm trying to think. I don't think so. I can't. I can't. There, apologize. Yeah, yeah. I can't. Um, I can't recall <laughs> one. But I, I think a, a large part of why it is happening is is a result, again, of the performance for, performances that Verstappen is putting in, even with mm. the, the both of them have had inconsistencies in the car. Um, Verstappen has just dealt with it slightly better. He's progressed, and you can see now week by week, he's starting to just put those performances in yeah. and grind them out. And I think that's having an effect. I think Checo's starting to sit back and go, okay, well, yeah, I, I, am, I am P2 again. I'm just here to kind of bump up for Stappen, maybe. But uh, when we saw, when I remember talking with you at the start, kind of towards the start of the season, a couple of races in, and we were talking the whole who's driver number two at which team, and we were talking about the Constructors title being won or lost based on the number two drivers. At the time, we were talking about Carlos Sainz possibly being the number two to Leclerc, and we were talking about, obviously, Sergio Perez being the number two to Max Verstappen. And we were also talking about Sergio Perez being the more reliable of those number two. And that would be the reason why we thought um, Red Bull would go on and win the, the Constructors' Championship. But now it looks like Carlos Sainz... Okay, forget about now Ferrari's current issues at the moment. But in terms of drivers, race pace and comfort in the car, it looks like Carlos Sainz has sort of come to the front now as being the better of the two. In fact, I nearly would go as far as to say there's still no number one driver. I know Ferrari have said there is no, they're, they're not picking a driver to prioritize at the moment. And I would say that's probably fair because even though Leclerc was a little bit quicker than Sainz today, I think both of those drivers are very quick and are very evenly matched. Whereas now we look at what's happening in Red Bull with Max and Sergio, it's a bit clear that there's a bit more of a divide happening there. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree. And it was the same. It was the same last year as well. There was quite a big uh, divide between the two of them. But Sainz and Leclerc are very, very evenly matched. And you can see there's going to be more of a there'll be more of a race involved in the Constructors' Championship than there will be in the Drivers' Championship for sure. And I would say I go as far as to say that Mercedes would be uh, in with a shout there as well, Mm. Uh, probably even more so than than Ferrari if they keep on performing how they are. Well, you're right there as well, actually, and, and we'll move on after this, but you're, you're right on the, the, the fight being in the Constructors' Championship because still to this day, um, uh, Mattia Bonato was saying that he's that the team are, are focused on the Constructors' title, that they're not prioritizing a driver. They're prioritizing maximum points for the team. Now, I know us as fans and, and people have drivers that they support and they want to see a driver's title. That's sort of what's the big thing for spectators. But obviously for Ferrari and the teams, it's the constructor's title. That's the big thing. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it wouldn't surprise me that that's going to be where the battle is for the for the rest of the season, that we're going to see some some exciting um, stuff going on there. Mm. But, um, OK, let's uh, I, I sort of got sidetracked there. More, more than I intended to do. And yes, you're right, Sergio Perez. We're not putting him on the chopping block. It was just uh, me speaking my mind as thoughts <laughs> pop in. I apologize, everyone. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. Lewis Hamilton, another P2. Fantastic stuff. Good race. Uh, shame about the DRS in qualifying, though, because I think if he had a good qualifying uh, on Saturday, yesterday, 
possibly if he got a front row lockout with uh, with uh, Russell, maybe he might have battled for the win today. Uh, good, like good start off the off the line as well. Jumped up, jumped up to P five. Had the pace possibly over George as well. Certainly in the second half of the race. So are we seeing Lewis now starting to get to grips with this car? He certainly seems a lot happier in the car. It looks like he's starting to outperform George ever so slightly as well. Uh, so I don't know what's your what's your take on this, Scotty, and and his race today. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I think the the upgrades over the last few weeks have really pushed the car into into his comfort zone. Um, and can I give you just an, an interesting little factoid? Hit um, me with it. Charles Leclerc podiums this season five. Lewis Hamilton podiums this season six. And Unbelievable! It. It's shocking. It shows the consistency that Mercedes have over over Ferrari, doesn't it? Yeah, unbelievable. Just doing the doing their job in the background, just working away, grinding away at it. Nothing dramatic really happening, yeah. and making those improvements week by week. And I, I heard, I heard on Sky today. I think it was they were saying that they they would agree that that uh, Verstappen and Hamilton are still two of the best drivers on the grid, and he's he's proven that. Yeah, um, I think that experience is coming through against George. George is a fantastic driver again. Uh, today he's he's so consistent and. There, were, there was hope of him uh, maybe getting a win, but um, I, I think Lewis, he's still, he's still number one there. Absolutely. absolutely. And, and you mentioned George there as well. It was a great drive from him as well. He got coming in on P3. Mm. Struggled with his tyres towards the end. I mean, that was the strategy they went with. I mean, I think we would have seen the same with the likes of Max Verstappen as well. They wouldn't have had the pace possibly on the, the likes of Lewis Hamilton, who was absolutely flying on those soft compound tyres. But... Uh, he put in an incredible drive throughout the race, including his uh, his his what what I can only describe now as his signature virtual safety car restarts. <laughs> but uh, but one of the things I wanted to talk about though was uh, that that uh, defensive drive there. There was only I think it was three or four laps with Leclerc, and I, I think it just sort of highlights his the type of driver he is. Um, what did you make of it, Isidro? Like uh, and and the the elbows out defending. He did a he did a great uh, a great drive defending against Leclerc and uh, even fighting the position that uh, between the P1 and P2 and mm. then he dropped to P3 but all the time on the on the race he was doing he was doing what he does he was very consistent he was defending as much as possible he was not aggressive this time as uh, last week with Perez for instance uh, yeah but he did a solid drive. Too bad that the tire was not helping by the end. Otherwise, he, he would probably keep up the, the P2. And that's why I, I was going to ask you a follow-up to that then, uh, a hypothetical, if Lewis and George were on the same, because obviously, George, we, we can easily say that Lewis today was a lot faster than George in the second half of the race, purely because George Russell's tires, he was on the medium compound a lot longer. The tires were going off. Lewis on a fresh set of soft compound tires. If they were on the same strategy did it look like maybe george would have had the pace that the two of them would have been maybe on the same sort of lap times uh yeah i think so if if the situation was the same for both pilots uh, the russell would keep the p2 for sure mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah uh, and it, at the moment i think the the points seem, uh, are more important for russell rather than lewis lewis nobody's too far back while russell can definitely fight for the for the P2. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he's definitely going to be a driver that's going to be one to, to keep an eye on over the over the next few years. Uh, I, like I said, I, I, I do like, 
as as it's make no secret i'm not a fan of him <laughs> and his personality <laughs> his shining personality or shining um, chest <laughs> yeah yeah that that as well uh but the years of exciting racing to come those elbows out defending and aggressive overtakes scotty do we see a future world championship in his future for him with mercedes I, absolutely, 100%. If Mercedes are, are heading in the right direction, George Russell is heading in the right direction. He He's still quite young. There's a little bit of naivety. We saw little bits of it, little glimpses of it in Australia. Um, but as you say, his style, I'm, I'm really looking forward to having him versus Verstappen. A few more um, uh, viewings of, of those two versus each other because they do, they remind me uh, of each other quite a lot or, or Russell reminds me of yeah. Verstappen, should I say. Very aggressive at times and that, that defence, yeah, I th- he is a world champion. He's going to be someday. There's no yeah. doubt about it. And I do think uh, with Mercedes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it does strike me as uh, he, he seems to be happy there. It seems to be the move from Williams to Mercedes seems like it wasn't just a a stepping stone in his career that he's sort of there for the next sort of sort of eight to 10 years. It doesn't look like he's uh, he, like I said, he's not using it as a stepping stone to go anywhere, no. but um, so yeah, moving on then. So <laughs> time to address the elephant and the shit show <laughs> that was Ferrari's weekend again. Uh, let's, uh, let's start with the lesser of two evils. If that's possible uh, signs, Finished P4 today, certainly I think should have been better. Um, although both Carlos and Matteo Bonato, Mattia Bonato, should I say, came out. And they said that the performance issues was car-related um, th- th- and that that was the reason so- that there was a setup issue possibly or something within the car as to why Sainz didn't have the pace. Um, which would say possibly the case on the soft tire, but the medium tire, they looked very strong. So I would say that maybe if there is a setup issue with the car, that it was maybe purely down to the car with that 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 compound um because there was a massive difference there when you looked at say the ferraris when they came out on the softs versus lewis hamilton coming out on the softs um but what did you make of carlos's race today azidro and sort of that strategy and and their performance on that soft tire was it uh, sorry was it setup related or was it um was it carlos related <laughs> no i think carlos did his best with the mm-hmm. car that ferrari gave him uh, it's definitely a problem with Ferrari, and this been this has been happening for the last couple of races. Uh, yeah, the drivers they do their best and they drive very very well. We saw that today with Sainz and Leclerc, and they can only do so much with with what Ferrari decides to do with the car and what decision they make throughout the race. And today it was uh, sad to see Ferrari doing the same again. Mm-hmm. Science is the best it could. I, I don't think he could finish uh, in a better position. Not yeah. with the car he had. Yeah, yeah. Well, then came their pièce de résistance <laughs> with Charles Leclerc. Uh, like he had great pace on that on that medium set of tires on the two sets of medium tires. But it was a bit weird. Then Red Bull sort of went with an aggressive pit stop strategy and. They, who may say they were on a different strategy to Ferrari altogether. And then Ferrari decided just to sort of make an, a knee-jerk reaction to that pit stop by Red Bull and pit Charles Leclerc, even though they were only on lap 39 on a on the, this sort of the second medium compound tire. So bringing them in 
to continue with their sort of the, the strategy that they were obviously going to go on, which was probably the same as signs, which was the soft tire. They realized, well, the soft tire is not going to last 30 laps. So now we're panicking now. Oh, what do we do? Uh, we throw the hard tire on, even though they had the data there from Alpine and from probably Haas as well. And I'm not sure where the Lando Norris maybe was on the hard compounds before them. So they had all this data to realize that the hard tire does not work. Even Red Bull knew it when they went out because Red Bull originally had planned to start the race on the hard compound tire. But when they were driving out and they did, I think, three laps, you know, going through the pit lane and, and, and around before they got to the grid and they realized the hard tire, they're not switching on at all. So they changed their strategy on the grid, realizing they were the wrong tire. Ferrari had all this data from other teams to realize this was the wrong strategy. And rather than listening to their driver, who was happy on the medium compound tire, had pace on the compound tire, Ferrari just went, nah, we don't, we don't want this win. Hard tire, out you go. So, I mean, talk to us on this one, Scotty. What's going on at Ferrari? Uh, like, should they have been able to keep their, well, obviously they should be able to keep their cool, leave Charles out, meet possibly longer on those medium compound tires, bring him in maybe with 20 laps to go, maybe on the soft compound like Lewis Hamilton did. Um, what do you think? What was going on here? Oh, What's ever going on here? It's, it was a disaster. And honestly, I think they should go and check the pit wall where, where Bernardo is sitting and just make sure that they're not just sitting there playing FIFA or something because <laughs> yeah. they just seem so distracted. Like the, the car comes in and they're like, ah, throw, on, throw on the hards, I guess. I have to get back to my game of FIFA. Um, it, it, no, no sense. As you say, they had... They had the data. Magnuson was on the was on the hards. They could mm -hmm. see it wasn't working. Yet they still threw on the hards at a at a crucial point in the race Massive. when they're in a very very good position. It's it doesn't make sense. Can I can I just read you something from uh, from Charles Leclerc? This yeah. is what he said after the race. He said, "We need to speak to the team and understand the thought on putting the hards on." Uh, I was feeling very strong on the medium. I said to the radio that I was very comfortable and go. I could go as long as possible, and I was feeling good. I don't know why we took a different decision. Uh, the pace was on my side. I was pretty happy, and everybody will remember the last bit of the race, which was a disaster. I was all over the place on the hards. Uh, that's where we lost the race. We will speak about this uh, in, inside the team to get better. So you can see very clearly there's no communication between the pit wall and charles they're just making decisions and they're throwing them at them there's no feedback from the drivers being taken into consideration it's that's that's a, actually let me cut across you that's a that's a big point there about taking the feedback from the drivers because we saw that with carlos signs as well because mm -hmm. remember they were trying to box carlos signs and he's just yeah. like no like leave me out and they don't seem to and then they're shouting at him box 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 and he's in the middle of a battle with perez back in france and you're like shut up will you and uh you know you just got you know sandra on the pit wall wrecking someone's <laughs> head like you know but sorry maybe shouldn't <laughs> but the leave sandra out of this <laughs> leave sandra out of this but you know so so they're doing the same again you've got charles telling them that i'm feeling good on this these medium that you know he he knows he could stretch them out a little longer he had the pace so you're right it is they're they're not taking the feedback from the driver and I don't, do you see any reason for that? Do they think we're Ferrari, we know better than our drivers or what's going on? I, I think that's it. I think it's the, well, the, the two guys, they're two young drivers. They, they are and they aren't really, like they're, they're two young drivers. I, d I don't think they, they want to take uh, the advice of the driver into consideration at all. That, Like you say, 
They are Ferrari. They know best. We've won titles, numerous titles mm -hmm. in the past. We've been in this sport since the beginning. So, yeah, I, I think it's, it's an ego thing, I think. And it's not going to work. The only people going to stand in, in Ferrari's way this year, as we've said it time and time again, is Ferrari. That's yeah. it. And what do you make of it, Isidro? Do you see do you see it as the same problem? Do you see they're just not listening to their drivers uh, for some reason, or do you have an opinion on why that might be? Or yeah, they they definitely think they they know best, mm -hmm. they know better, but and they should definitely listen to pilots. I mean, they are the ones driving the car, get the feeling of the car, getting yeah. off the track, no matter date that they are receiving, the pilots should definitely have a say and and Ferrari should definitely listen and they should also probably have a cleanup on the on the stuff because yeah. this has been happening a lot I'll say probably in most of the races and by now they should realize that the problem is not with the pilot the problem yeah. is it's with the pit crew and it's funny you should and the yeah. strategist and that's it. It's funny you should say about the cleanup of the crew and stuff like that, because there was uh, uh, Mattia Bonato was interviewed post-race as well, and he was saying that he was happy with the call that the team made. He said it was the right decision to make, which clearly, I don't know how he could say that in an interview, because it was clearly the wrong, because it was the right strategy. You would have left him out on the hard tires, but you brought him in for a soft, set of soft tires. So it was clearly the wrong strategy. But I think whoever, I can't remember who was doing the interview with him, but they did ask him they, and I, I'm not even going to try and recall the, the personnel name, but he, they were talking about the names of the, the, the people that are involved with the strategy decisions in Ferrari and that they brought someone in to help the existing staff, uh, the existing personnel in sort of in support of making, you know, for, for strategy calls and stuff like that. And they were asking, should more help be brought in given the current circumstances? And he was just sort of saying that he, feels that he he has full confidence in the, the, the personnel that are there. Now, for me, the book stops that if, if that is the case, if and now Matteo Bonato has done a great job, I think, at Ferrari. So I'm not, again, I'm not jumping on there. Let's ask people left, right and center. Mm. But the book stops with him. And if he genuinely believes that his strategy team are making the right decisions and he's confident and, and, and comfortable in how they're going about their their job i mean he needs his head read as well i think someone above Mattia bonato's head needs to have a word with him and say you know get get the house in order here well uh, it depends what what's the ferrari goal if it's not to win the championship then i think Binotto is right he's happy <laughs> they are doing everything they can to not win every single weekend well that's so. true as well yeah <laughs> well what Sorry, Dave. What, what it seems like to me is that, that Ferrari spent all of 2021 developing this fantastic car that was going to be able to compete with everyone, but yeah. completely forgot about, you know, strategy. How do we race this car? You know, what's going to suit best for all of these tracks? Let's let's uh, put some strategy in place. Just, yeah. But isn't it isn't it terrible? Like you can understand, like uh, what happened with uh, Mercedes. Like they made a mistake early on with the development of their car. So when they hit the track in the first race of the season, they realize we're, we're so far away. Mm -hmm. um, so you can understand a team making that kind of mistake when they've got limited running and stuff, and it's a brand new car, all that type of stuff, right? However, when you've got a team of, of, of strategists and just pit crew in general, 
who have been there and made these mistakes, not just in this new era of Formula One, but in the previous era of Formula One also. Uh, now there's no sympathy. Now it's not like this, this isn't just a case of, oh my God, this has just happened mid-season. You know, we can't just start cha- chopping and changing staff mid-season. It's going to have to wait. We're going to have to reassess at the end of the season, see how it goes. That's not what's happening here. This has been going on for years, years. Like, I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, it's become a, an internet meme now that, you know, Ferrari things like, you know, it's yeah. just, oh, I don't know. I mean, where do we leave it at that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but it, that's the thing, though, with the, the, the new Ferrari performing so well, I think we're all remembering back to when Ferrari were fantastic. But there is this hole in the middle here where they weren't performing well at all and they were trying mm-hmm. to recover. Yeah. I think they're, the, the team is still in that position where they, they haven't recovered yet from being terrible <laughs> and they're, they just need to get back to that. But we all think of them as, as these world champions. They're not. Well, I think you're, the, 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 the lady over in Aston Martin the strategist over there has just retired today. So look, oh. maybe she can be swayed with a few quid to come over to Ferrari <laughs> because clearly, okay, Aston Martin might not have a great, a great car, but they seem to make decent strategy calls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Anyway, look, let's leave it there. With Ferrari. We can, uh, we can beat them again uh, after Belgium because no <laughs> doubt we will be. Yeah. Uh, right, I want to wrap up just the, the next sort of battle in the constructors is uh, M- McLaren and Alpine. And uh, Alpine obviously looked like they had the faster car today until they decided to pull a Ferrari on it and go on the hard tires. Um, you might say they were the OG of the, of the hard tires this weekend. Um, but maybe McLaren, are they, you know, this, this was an opportunity for them to gain a lot more points over Alpine. And they seem to be missing out on capitalizing on those points due to, and we haven't beaten them for a few weeks yet, Daniel Ricciardo. <laughs> <laughs> who finished in P15, where Lando finished in P7. So my question, which is the same question I ask every week, but surely McLaren, uh, like they, they can't continue with him for 2023. Surely not now at this stage. But how, whatever about if both your drivers are, are, are performing poorly in that car, you would understand it's a car. It's not the driver. However, you've got one driver who's consistently in the top 10 and the other driver who's consistently outside the top 10 and always struggling with that car. Could you see McLaren saying, even say, let's, we've got eight races left, I think, of the season. So can we say if, if Daniel Ricciardo finishes outside the top 10 in six of those eight, all right, so he doesn't score points in six of the next eight races? Are McLaren realistically going to still say he's the right man to stick with for 2023? Um, I don't know. Azidro, what's your what's your take on that? I'll actually, I get uh, opinion from both of you. We start with Azidro. I'll, I'll McLaren will be crazy if they keep Daniel Ricciardo for 2023. He hmm. clearly, like you're saying, both cars are doing fine. One driver finished all his top ten, and Daniel's just a, a random. Most of, most of the time will be outside top 10. Yeah. So he's he's a consistent, he's not a very consistent driver, at least not finishing inside top 10. And if, and that's the difference between McLaren and Alpine. Alpine, their drivers always 
finish most of the time inside the top 10. They always score points. Yeah. McLaren knows Norris will be scoring points. Daniel, well, we need to, to wait and see. Fingers what's crossed. On. Yeah. <laughs> and well, that's one of the reasons why McLaren is able to get a bit more points every every weekend. Yeah. Uh, and Alpine is getting there and McLaren is just done. Or we have Daniel. So I don't think Daniel will say for 2023 unless he pulls a rabbit out of the hat which starts very... finishing top 10 but for which... the rest of the season. Yeah, but we uh, don't see that. Very happen. unlikely. And so say, saying to you, is he, uh, to, sorry, uh, Scotty, but with a sort of an addition to that question, uh, would maybe he be suited to go and fill Aston Martin's seat or something like that? Yeah, hundred percent. Like you can see, that's where where he's heading. If the points total that he has so far, I mean, Vettel has sixteen points, Ricardo has nineteen. You know, it's a bit of an improvement for Aston Martin. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> well, I'm more thinking like, okay, he's not performing at the moment, but he's still a very experienced driver, and he does mm. have. If he still has the the enthusiasm for Formula One, then he will get those performances back. But maybe. He's one of those drivers that when it just doesn't go f- well for him in a team, he needs a fresh start. He can't just reboot yeah. within that team, like with Renault and stuff like that. So maybe Aston Martin reboot, fresh start. Who knows what condition Aston Martin will be in in 2023? There was there was a moment today when he overtook, I think, the two Alpines at once. Um, and he there's a little glimpse of, of the Danny Ricardo that we know and love. Um, but... Like if you take, we're halfway, we're now halfway through the season. Mm. If you take the point, the points total for Lando Norris, and you doubled it, say he performs the same way in the second half of the season, you're looking at 152 points for the season. If you did the same with Daniel, you're looking at 38 points for the season. That's not good enough for a team um, that wants to compete against two guys in Ocon and Alonso that are consistently getting into somewhere around the, the top 10, you know? Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. Um, well, look, let's let's not, because uh, you know me, I have, for some reason, I have this thing about just beating on Daniel Ricciardo. I don't know why, it's just, it's an easy target or something like that. I'm like a bully in school or something. It's a um, Latifi. Uh, yeah, yeah we, we've moved on from Latifi. We know he's gone. Like, I mean, what can you do? Although, actually, on Latifi, sorry. Yeah. Say it, go. <laughs> the, the qualifying. Yeah. I mean, a purple sector. And I mean, only for he messed up in sector three. I mean, he he may very well have started putting in a, a decent qualifying performance. But pull what was the, that? I, I, I know. I like absolutely <laughs> not a clue where that came from. Um, I, I was uh, up in Mondello on Saturday and it was the, the free practice three. And uh, was get, getting ready to get into one of the cars. I was like, oh, I'll just check the the results of free practice three. There's Latifi in P1. Yeah. I thought, <laughs> I, 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 thought I had crashed into a wall and I died. <laughs> <laughs> I could not believe it. Um, I know. I know. Unreal. And uh, yeah, look, I mean, he's he's not going to salvage his season now. I think he's going to probably end up probably out in like an indie car or somewhere like that. But um, but right, look that I think that wraps up our uh, bashing of every team. I think quite successfully <laughs> this weekend. I don't think we've done anything else other than bash everybody. Um, but uh, right, let's let's move on to to the important part of the podcast: the predictions. Class. Uh, do you know? Actually, I don't know why I'm so excited to jump into the predictions because I know it hasn't gone well for me again. Yeah. 
<laughs> for another week. For us. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's gone. It's gone better for some. So mm. um, let's say okay, right? Let's let me call out my top three. I had Leclerc number one, Verstappen number two, and Hamilton number three. So I can safely put in a zero before beside <laughs> every last one of those. <laughs> so Scotty, give me your your top three for this week. Uh, I had Verstappen number one, which did happen, thankfully. So I got a oh, point for that. Sorry, I put get a zero, that zero in out of there. Yeah, that's just, uh, you know, <laughs> habit, you know. <laughs> got used um, to it. I, I had Leclerc number two, uh, mm-hmm. which did not happen. And I had Sainz number three, which did not happen. Mm-hmm. All right. And Azidro, the old predictions buddies there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had Verstappen first. Yeah. Leclerc second and Sainz third. I sent my homework. Cons- I sense a conspiracy here, but anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I uh, my flop this week was Sergio Perez, which I'll be honest, I, I went with a DNF, but I still think even the P five was a bit of a flop. But anyway, um, <laughs> it didn't it didn't come off, so it's a zero for me. And uh, Scotty, yeah. who did you have? I went uh, Norris DNF, and I couldn't have been further away from the truth there. That was a zero as well, unfortunately. Do you know? I think we've gotten to the stage with. Lando Norris now that when you call Lando Norris and the position in your surprise category, I don't think it's going to be accepted anymore. So if you say Lando Norris P6 or Lando Norris P7, I think that should automatically no longer be the man just always finishes P6 or P7. Yeah, yeah that's actually pretty consistent. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Azidro, who did you who did you go with for your surprise uh, for your flop? Sorry. That is DNF. Oh Jesus, oh. it's not looking good. Copy it's not the homework looking again good. there, Azidro. Yeah. All right, I went from my surprise. Oh, Jesus. Like, right, <laughs> let me justify this before. Right, so I went with Schumacher. But I went with Schumacher on the grounds that Haas were bringing their upgrades, although it didn't look great for K-Mag. Yeah. But then it turned out that Schumacher wasn't getting the upgrades because of all his <laughs> crashes at the start of the season. <laughs> so I was like, ah, oh, sod it. That's the only reason I went with Schumacher as my surprise. Okay, so I got a big goose egg for first. Uh, Schumacher. Schumacher. He was put in the bold corner. He, he was. All right. Who um, did you go with? Uh, uh, Scotty, sorry. I went uh, Alonso P6. Oh, that um, is a goose egg for you as well, isn't it? Is it? He didn't finish P6. Oh, he's P8. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. Oh, I was on. Sorry, I was on the different. Uh, I was on a different race. <laughs> I was looking <laughs> at the. Yeah, you may have hit magic last week, but come on now. Just... Oh, that was gold. <laughs> so slow your roll for this week. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, do you know? Actually, at a, at a stage through that race, I thought I saw it was. Um, let me think now. It was Leclerc, George Russell, but then Verstappen and Hamilton were catching the, the Russell and, and. Oh no! Sorry, I think it was it was Leclerc, Russell, signs. I think, and then Verstappen and Hamilton, and they were catching. Signs and Russell really quick. I was like, yeah. I have a feeling. I was like, I, I'm going to get my top three nailed on this week, and yeah, uh, yeah. it couldn't have gone more drastically wrong. Yeah. But uh, sorry, Azidro, your surprise. Uh, Mick Schumacher top ten. Oh, I was yep. looking for Schumacher's back, but no. No, no, copy the homework say. again. Can I just say that that Cedro uh, uh, copied a lot of homework last week? He did, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at that now. He copied, he copied the first half of you and the, and the second half of me. It almost seems as if he didn't have any predictions at all, and he just kind of winged it. Yeah, I, I'm thinking we need to get an FIA investigation going. <laughs> like there's something not right. I, I don't think he should get a point this week, to be honest. Oh, uh, I mean, as it can't be proved, that it's a draw this week. And th- now the worst thing about this is that means now yeah. that I stay on six points. Scotty has moved up 
to six points. And Azidro has moved off from two to three points. (laughs) I'm the Hamilton of uh, predictions. I have a feeling I could end up finishing this season at the bottom (laughs) of this three. This is going to be depressing. This is... There's um, no sense to this game. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's, it, yeah, do you know? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't. There's no. I'm not even going to try and justify it. All right. <laughs> All right. Okay. As we don't have, as we're professionals here, and we don't have the uh, the sheet prepared for um, for this week. Hang on a second. Let me sort it out here. Everybody, give me a second. All right. Okay. So. Right, Belgium, as always, we do our reviews after the previous race for the next race. In this case, we're doing it four, four weeks in advance. We're predicting who's going to win this race. So anyone who gets it right should just automatically win, win the yeah. season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so I'm going to go with Verstappen P1. Uh, whoops, sorry. I'm going to go with Leclerc in P2 and Sainz in P3 okay. uh, is my top three. Scotty, yeah, who was, are we going with? I was starting to get worried there as I was looking at your top three. So I went for uh, Verstappen P1. I went Sainz P2. And I went mm-hmm. Hamilton P3. Ooh. I'm calling the Mercs. A fairly fast circuit, but okay. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, Isidro, who are you copying this week? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm being original. Chasselpet cool. first, Sainz Ooh. second, Russell third. Oh wow! I think Ferrari had three weeks to decide yeah. what they want to, to fire do. people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To get the clown car in in uh, in order. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. So uh, my flop then. Uh, I'm gonna stick with Perez DNF. I think he's just due a DNF. Oh, Scotty, I can see what's happening here. Go on. You looked <laughs> my over my shoulder, did you? Is, yeah, I did. Yeah, my flop is also Perez DNF. Yeah, yeah. Um, like you, there's there's still little bugs in those Red Bulls. Yeah. I think there's something going to happen there. Yeah. Is Idro? Should I put you down for a Perez? <laughs> <laughs> can I tempt you? <laughs> All right, who's well, you got? I have Perez, but not the NF. I have Perez SP7. As a flop. Does a flop not have to be outside of P10 if you're predicting a position? I think so. I, yeah, I think P7 for, for Perez as well is... Uh, okay. I, that's, yeah. I don't know. We're in, a, we're in a gray area that we actually haven't gone with before. That's yeah. like saying, I suppose, we could say Leclerc P7, and technically that is a flop, but we've always done previously that outside of P10 is a flop. Yeah. But that's maybe not case because he is predicting the position. But but Perez is he, he can drop back down the grid consistently enough. Well, I mean, you only have to look at today. Like he he does have a habit of finishing in around that sort of area. Yeah. from time to time. So what do you, what do you I, I I know what you're hinting at here, but uh, are you going to just spit it out, Scotty? <laughs> I, I think we've got to be strict on that. I I I think so. It's That's like acceptable. me saying Norris. You know, oh, Norris okay. P six. All right, I'm sorry, okay. that's not accepted. Now, if you want to take some time to think <laughs> about it, we'll move on to our surprises and come back to your to your flop a little later. Yeah. Okay. Right. Let's move sorry, on to Cedro. surprises. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my surprise, I am gonna, I'm, I'm sticking to my guns again. Schumacher, P10, or not P10, top 10. Sorry, Jesus. <laughs> not, not confident enough to fucking call a position on that one. Yeah. Top 10. That's a good shout. That's a good shout. I like that one. Uh, my surprise is, and this would be very surprising this season, uh, Yuki Sonoda 
uh, wow. top ten. Yeah, no, it's not going to happen. But anyway, well, like, that... you know, it could it could happen. But uh, that 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 that's a is it spa? Maybe not. No, I don't think so. I'm just taking a shot. It's it's yeah. one of the it's a shot in the dark. All right. Well, that's that's. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, right, Isidro, your surprise first, and then we'll come back to your flop. My surprise. Uh, that's a bad yeah, combination of words, 10. but anyway. <laughs> Sorry, Isidro, say that again. <laughs> yeah, Gasly, top ten. Yeah. Well, okay. Hang on a second. So, so we're both go. You're both going with. Uh, <laughs> with, with with the lads in, in top ten, okay. Alpha Terry top tens. Jesus, we're confident. Okay, okay. So you know something I don't. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have you had enough time on your flop? Uh, yeah, to be Max DNF. <gasps> oh, Jesus! I like that call. Yeah, no, that's that's, that's along the lines. Bold, so. bold call. That's considering... why it's on top three. Now, my prediction. You don't. You don't have to call in. Your DNF is fine, but. Do you, do you see that being a reliability issue or do you see it being a crash? Because reliability-wise... No, be what? Uh, loss of power, for instance. Mm. To be the Even car. though he's got a whole new power unit that he only put in today? Yeah. Okay. Uh, not comfortable. See <laughs> 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 um, what happened in qualifying, so... All right, okay. So that's for Stappen to DNF. I like those predictions. Yeah, some bold moves there. Okay, I think I played it a little bit safe with my same as last week. But I, I like the Perez DNF. I, I just think it's due. Like, yeah, and the, the fact that if it does happen, I'll be honest. I don't think we can call ourselves geniuses for calling it because it was just every week we were guessing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, all right. Well, look, I think that's it for this week's episode, folks. Um, as we're heading into the summer break now, we may have a few special episodes popping up over the next three to four weeks. Uh, well, next three weeks. And then in four weeks, we will be back for the Belgium Grand Prix. Um, this should be interesting, given our predictions. As always, if you want to get in touch with your own questions, comments, or corrections, obviously send them on to feedback at Late Night Race View or anywhere you find us on social media. Until next week. 